Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Electrical Supply Guys studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And I am your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas. Alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight and Saturday Down South. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in beautiful downtown Ozark, Arkansas, along with Powered by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Bet Online continues to be the top online resources for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That is B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Could you imagine walking in here getting beat tonight? I would say, you want to trade me spots? I mean, nobody, y'all know us. You know, nobody wants to be up here losing a game that you're supposed to win. You know what I mean? So it was... I'm so glad we won and glad that the kids turned what was everything was going downhill and turned it around and and uh, so I don't know if I answer your question but I'm glad I'm glad they turned around glad we won and Jacob courtesy of Pictorial Nation that was Sam Pittman's reaction after the game um, I'm not gonna lie I I kind of Went to bed, and um, I, I was prepared for the worst. Had to get up at 4 o'clock this morning, so, but, but something was eating at me. I got up, checked the score, and we pulled it out. So, the, I missed the punt return and all that, but it was looking grim there for a second, and for them to pull away the win, a win is a win, but, man, that was too close. Order, man, it was really close. I mean, a win is a win most times, but, man, that was a win is a win is a one that you don't want to just <laughs> be a part of because it was rough there for uh, the first uh, three and a half quarters, three three uh, quarters and maybe five minutes of that game was spent behind. Arkansas never led uh, at any point in that game until nine minutes to go on that punt return for a touchdown by uh, – uh, uh, Bryce Stevens, who that guy can fly. Uh, the funny thing is about that punt return, he looked at back at the 23-yard line, looking at the sidelines because everybody was jumping around. He looks back and realized, oh, man, I still got a little ways to go. And he uh, he took off and scored, and Arkansas never looked back after that point. Uh, it's something that, uh, you know, the motivation there, uh, we were told all week that they had prepared for uh, Missouri State and that they were ready to go. And for the first uh what was it, 50, 50 minutes of that game, Arkansas didn't look like they were prepared. It looked like Petrino was prepared and Sam Pittman owned up to it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Look, we underestimated everything. I mean, we underestimated how they would come into this game. We underestimated how Coach Pittman would have the 10th-ranked team prepared. We, we were kind of afraid of something like this, but in the back of my mind, we're like, no, this wouldn't happen. And even during the game, you're like, ha, all right, all right, this is funny. You know, I even put it out there. I was like, all right, all right, this is funny. You know, you can come out and play. And was trying to make light of it because it was just, this is not the Chad Morris era. This is not the John L. Smith era. Yes, there was a lot of people criticizing the play calling and stuff, but 
this team and, and the coaching staff, the cohesiveness and how they're playing together really had everybody's head scratching. I mean, everybody. Everybody you looked at on, on, on social media, this whole thing, they had their head scratching, not knowing what was going on because that it, what really got me is when it was 17 nothing. I was like, oh, my goodness. So then, you know, of course, making light of it again, hey, Mark Curls, you know, said that if you're hosting an FSCS team, you've you, you got to spot them 17. But then when yeah. they went up 10 points again, I was like, something's up. You know, it just didn't feel right. And I'm very superstitious when I watch sports. If I'm watching on TV and I'm not liking the vibe on the TV, I'll switch to my phone, vice versa. Last night, I just had to, I had that vibe of I just need to go to bed. I just need to, to hang it up, and good, I guess a good thing I did because I went to bed, woke up, and they won the game. So, I mean, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, that was just a weird game. Like, missed tackles, especially from guys like Bumper Pool, was surprising. I think I at least counted four of them uh, throughout the game that he missed. And that's uncharacteristic of a guy that's fifth-year senior, a uh, guy that is nearly the all-time leader in tackles uh, in his career. Uh, for uh, as far as Razorbacks go. So, you know, that was kind of odd. The defensive secondary, we knew they are a weak link to this team. Uh, obviously, the def- uh, defensive front seven leads the country in sacks. Uh, they lead the SEC in sacks. I mean, t- tackles for a loss. These guys are active in the backfield. If the secondary can ever figure out what's going on back there, because they have the talent to be good, uh, to be stellar, this Arkansas defense could be pretty good. They're, I think they're allowing 2.1 yards per rush, something something crazy like that. Nobody's ran for 100 yards on them yet. So this team, this defense is, is good. They just got to figure out their deficiencies. And that, that also uh, is a Bobby Petrino thing because you look at the history of him at Louisville and, and uh, at Arkansas and then Louisville the first time. He is a guy who's an offensive genius who can pinpoint the deficiencies on uh, their opponent's defense, and he did it well. He picked apart Arkansas, and, uh, I mean, they had 28 guys, 26 or 28 guys uh, that were former FBS players playing for uh, for Missouri State, including their quarterback who was a starter at Utah before Cam Rising, who was the current current starting quarterback that is there now. So, uh, man, it was a rough go at it, man. He spotted them 17 points, but – outscored them 38 to 10 in the second half and well now you're preparing for texas a&m and you're hoping that arkansas figures it out fast or they're going to be in trouble come bama yeah uh and that's funny that's another thing i mean arkansas this week had the game that a&m had last week but we won and i even put it out there and this was not to make light this was not to sugarcoat this was just my reaction waking up seeing everything you'd be damn good thing that sam Pittman is the coach because they would have lost that game. That game would have been over at halftime if any other coach would have been here. So let's just, oh, yeah. you know, and, and that's – but they played the worst half possible. And even in the second half. No, let's not get it twisted that, okay, they just automatically fixed everything in the second half. I mean, they still gave them a 10-point lead in the second half and was up in the fourth quarter. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, this the penalties and the turnovers. I mean, you had K.J. one – Never, you know, he never fumbles the ball, fumbles the ball, throws an interception his first all year. And even last year, we looked how many times, I can't remember how many completions that he had in a row without an interception. But, I mean, this is not a guy that is known for turning the ball over. Just everything. I mean, the, the draw ball by Trey Knox where, you know, it went through his hands or dropped, whatever you want to call it. It was just everything that could possibly go – Arkansas's uh, against Arkansas did other than the scoreboard. And I know it was Missouri State, and I know that what we said on the podcast last week, and, and you need to fine-tune these things. But you know what? This was a game where you had to fight and claw your way back into the game, and you had to prevail and keep them from, from taking over. I mean, other than, you know, the 385 yards or 370, he had 357. He only had one touchdown passing. It yeah. just seemed like every you – no, know, I, I think I put something out there where it was – at one point, K.J. had 280 yards passing. Rocket Sanders had 111 yards 
rushing, and it was a 17-14 Missouri State lead. I mean, that just tells you what kind of night. And, and it tells you. Everybody says, well, anything can happen on any given night other than college football, but, I mean, anything can happen. You know, we're seeing these FCS schools. Look at look at Jackson State and what Deion Sanders is doing there. You know, look at – is Jackson or Jacksonville State? I can't, I get them too. Jackson, Jackson State. State. You know, now what Bobby Petrino has built him a team there in Missouri State. And, hey, they could go and lay an egg, and everybody's automatically shooing them in for the FCS championship. But that was the game he has been waiting for for a very long time. We underestimated him. We were joking. I wonder how many how many neck braces you think were in the stands beginning the game and at halftime. How many people at halftime still had their neck braces on? You know, it's but everything we got we deserved because every one of us, me included, was making a, a, a mockery, making a joke. I didn't even give a staff prediction because I was like, there's no sense in it. We didn't even break down the game. My buddy Arns come on Wednesday and we talked about other things other than game. That's how – we didn't take this game seriously. So, you know what? That That's what we get. It's on us, the media. It's on us, the fans. It's on the players. They know now. Because when that Liberty team comes in, at the end of the, you know, towards the end of the year, they're not going to take a team like that lightly now. It's going to only help motivate them. And I would much rather it be a game like this against Missouri State where you could come back. Because could you imagine waltzing into next week's game? Playing Texas A&M, who you're like, oh, you know, the, we, we got this one in the bag, and then you get embarrassed. So, a win's a win. You had, a, I believe, 11, 12, and 13 behind you lose. So, that I'm guaranteeing you that's what kept you in the top 10. I'm not going to, again, sugarcoat it. The three teams behind you fell in the rankings, and they got beat, you know, pretty handily. So, you're, you're lucky to win, and you're lucky to still be in the top 10. You're right. And looking back at some of the game, then they you you spot them that uh that KJ fumble, then you had Rocket fumbling at the goal line, and then you had the interception while you were driving down. Uh, was that in the beginning of the first half? I mean, that, that's potentially three touchdown drives mm-hmm. that Arkansas didn't score on, and we're talking about a whole freaking different ball game, man. It it could have been fifty two to twenty, or fifty two to uh, fourteen. I, I mean. It could have been a totally different game if you if you take away your mistakes because Arkansas's offense is not the problem here, man. They're 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 terrific. They are uh, they're a really good ball uh, ball team on that side. Uh, just like I said, if they can figure out the defensive side of things, stop giving up uh, big pass plays. And I think I tweeted out a stat. I looked at ArkansasRazorbacks.com and got the stats before uh, uh, before my article last night that I wrote for Saturday on South. The Razorbacks gave up like more than 250 yards after the catch. The guy only threw for 350 yards passing. Yeah, 268 of those was was uh, yards after the catch. That's missed tackles, guys out of position, and and Bobby Petrino dialing up plays over the middle of the defense to get guys open. Uh, we saw Simeon Blair buy him on that fourth and one. After Drew Sanders body slammed the man uh, to uh, stop it and force a third, uh, force a fourth down, and then the very next play, Simeon Blair instead of uh, instead of covering the guy that was open downfield, he bites from a play action, thinking Missouri State was going to run, and that's how they got a twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, I mean, thinking about bump missing a couple of tackles for guys getting extra yards, they had a tight end uh, come over the middle and down the sideline. Uh, for about 15 yards. Like, there's just chunk plays here and there that can be corrected. Uh, maybe you had to go back to more of your uh, rush three, drop eight, uh, especially against teams like Alabama and Ole Miss because you're going to have to have those. Uh, Mississippi State, rush three, drop eight. Uh, you may not have to change it up against A&M, but – I, I don't know. I don't know if you drop eight against Bryce Young, though. I don't know if you drop eight against a quarterback who can kill you just as much as with he can legs. with his legs. Yeah. I, I don't. I agree with that. And he don't have the weapons. I mean, he don't have as many weapons. Where now, like you look at Bo Nix last year when he was just picking your defense apart. I mean, like we've said all along, these are not on on blown coverages. I mean, yeah, Hudson no. Clark had his time where he was getting burnt a few plays, but. These are more on missed tackles. This is more on assignments. This is on positioning. So, 
I, I think you do, especially when you've got a linebacker like Sanders who's clogging up that middle. You don't want to go away from your identity because, like I said, right. they had 52 yards rushing, so 1.6 yards a rush. Arkansas had 212 as a team, 5.9 rush. And that's, again, it just tells you that anybody you have three turnovers against, and we're talking about the turnover battle. Yeah. And if we want to beat a Bama, we want to beat a Texas A&M, even a Texas A&M or an LSU or, you know, Auburn, you got to win the turnover margin. Because you had 500, you almost racked up six, you were three yards shot of racking up 600 yards of total offense in this game. Yep. And you struck, I mean, you won by 11, but still yet it was an FCS team. So hopefully, you know, you could hear it in his voice. He's lucky that he, he did not want to go in a, I mean, there was people saying, I, th- I believe it was Hutch was already writing an article um, about uh, the worst loss in a program history. And I was just thinking, we were talking about uh, having a, possibly having Biddy on in the future. I was just wondering, what was what do you think he was prepping for this? And we'll ask him if we have him on. <laughs> what was that walk and talk, that preparation of he was sitting there going to have to work himself up to do this walk and talk after the game? So that would be interesting if we, get, if we get to have him on, what, what he oh, would yeah. think about just leading up to the fourth quarter and what was going through his mind before the punt return, of course. I mean, I had, I mean, I had an epic meltdown myself in between the third and fourth quarters. Like you can read my tweet. Like, yeah. What happened? I, I know it's like you had a drunk text or something. Cause I remember waking up and you'd wrote an apology text. And I was like, Oh Lord, what had happened? <laughs> I was like, you done drunk texted at 3 AM. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was in my feels, man, because I was having PTSD from the Chad Morrison, Brett Bielema era, like, Losing to Toledo, losing to San Jose State, Western Kentucky, and all those teams we mentioned before, and and I'm saying, man, what happened? Because I thought the days of Arkansas, Arkansas Razorbacks embarrassing the state was over. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what the word came straight out of uh, Sam Pittman's mouth after they beat uh, Mississippi State in 2020. So, <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that that was something, man. I, I really. Uh, almost regretted. I didn't delete the tweet, though. <laughs> I wanted people to know that I was, I was kind of ticked. So, well, and, and kind of looking forward, you know, we're looking at Texas A&M. I mean, they won, but I mean, the the case of that twelve thirteen getting ranked o- overranked. You know, Miami coming into the game, and I mean, Max Johnson only had one hundred and forty yards passing, ten for twenty, and their leading rusher only had eighty eight yards rushing, and they only had one rushing touchdown. So, they only had two touchdowns. So, I mean, next week's game, I know we can't sit there and say it's going to be a gimme. I'm going to pick Arkansas to win the game. I'm going to pick them to win probably by 10 to 14 because I think this is just a prediction. What I think will happen, if it does or don't, but I think the way Sam feels, because even though they won, he's got to feel a little bit embarrassed. You know the team. You're ranked number 10. You got lucky. You know, so they're going to be coming into this game with Bama on the horizon. You got to take care of business, and it's going to take you. It's almost like you're working your way up to the top. It's going to take yeah. – now, now, you've set yourself back in this game. You've got to use that Texas A&M game to get back on a level where you can feel like you can compete with Alabama on the field. You, you have to. That's just how I feel about it. Yes, you won. You racked up 600 yards. The same thing we sat there and laughed about Spencer Rattler saying how many yards he passed to get happened to us. We could sit there and say, well, we had this, we had this. We almost lost to Missouri State. So, you know, go ahead. Gary's Gary's real funny. I wanted to bring that uh, comment up on the screen. That's <laughs> not the first time I have seen that or I've actually been told that. Uh, <laughs> I was coming back from uh, Florida a couple of years ago and I stopped at a uh, – a gas station. I think it was a Love's gas station in the middle of Mississippi. And uh, this guy walks up to him and he says, man, he looked at me real close. He said, are you Luke Combs? You should have signed an autograph. You should have signed his guitar. I should have. And I signed it with my name. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually charged him like uh, $50. Yeah. $50. (laughs) That's not the first time I've heard that, Gary. I, I, 
I think it's a compliment. I don't sing that good, <laughs> but uh, but I, I can drink a little. <laughs> there you go. Well, there. See, if you need a cameo, there's your Twitter page right there. You just go do a little cameo. Jacob Scott Davis. But, oh, man. Yeah, and, and it's crazy that he said that because he was actually the guest picker at the App State game. And, wow, what yeah. I mean, what a finish that was. I mean, you know, I got to give it up to Chase Bryce, you know, the, the former Clemson quarterback, you know, transferred. To, I believe he went to Duke. And now, and then he went to App State. So, I mean, he's had a couple yeah, of good he's games. Been forever. Yeah, he's been around as much as T.J. Hammonds has been around. I mean, it's crazy. He, he's and been Jordan around Jones, talking about what's that? And Jordan Jones, the yep. former Razorback wide receiver, it's his seventh seventh year. Of Goodness gracious, <laughs> he's going to be a freaking a chiropractor by the time he graduates. Dad gum, dude. That, no doubt, man. I couldn't even. I flamed out of college after three and a half years. I don't know how I could have stayed in for seven. I think I lasted a, a semester at community college. I went to Connor State, and it just what it wasn't for me. And then it ended up doing the grown up life. But but if you look at, I'll tell you what, I am so glad that we do not have Georgia on this year's schedule because I'm Ooh, telling you what, man. they are a machine on defense. I mean, to lose what they've lost, and you want to talk about somebody with a chip on their shoulder. Stetson Bennett coming in this team not getting any love. We're talking about KJ, and I think I've mentioned this beforehand at the beginning of the year. Everybody's talking about KJ, and, and he needs to be top three, and he's not getting any love. Look what he done last year. This guy won you a national championship, and they're not even considering him in the top three quarterbacks. So, And I, I can't remember where uh, Tebow had him, but that dude is on fire. Uh, Bauer, Brock Bowers is clearly the best tight end of the team. I mean, that dude, just the whole team as a whole is just dominating. And I know it was against South Carolina, and, and they're already having their issues. I mean, it's – and this is yeah, not just to poke fun of – I love to see it because it's almost like you see Chad Morris all over again, the way he's acting when things aren't going right. I mean, yelling at the kids to get off the football field in between quarters and just after the game, just how it's, – it's almost like, like I said, Chad Morris. He does. He's gotten in over his head. I don't yeah. think he knows what to do. I mean, and I know a lot of people are calling for Satterfield's job, and it, it might be, but still, yet yeah, you're the head coach, and he just looks so discombobulated, and and just like he don't know where he's at sometimes. And and I have opinion an opinion on that because you you talk about Shane Beamer. And the only reason he got that job at South Carolina, part of the reason, why is because of the success of Sam Pittman. And Sam Pittman's part of the reason he got that job at South Carolina. You, you, I mean, just because something works well at one school doesn't mean you can pluck an assistant that uh, hasn't been around nearly as long as Sam, doesn't have the experience, and even though he has the pedigree of Frank Beamer, does not mean you're going to come in here and plug him in and, he's going to have the same success because obviously it doesn't look like it right now, Porter. And just because you, just because you try to copy something doesn't mean it's going to work. Well, and, 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 yeah, and he don't have the team Arkansas. yet. He, he don't have his team. And that's, that's the thing, you know, you, you, you're getting in this transfer portal and stuff. You're just scratching a lottery ticket. You're, you're hoping yeah, you're to right. get, you're hoping to get that $10 scratch off and it win you a hundred. You're hoping to bring somebody in that, Everybody was iffy about it. I don't think other anybody outside of South Carolina fan base that really thought Spencer Rattler would go over there and do well. I didn't, and it had nothing to do with who he was or where he was going. If you can't do it at OU, what makes you think you're going to go to a team that's in the bottom of the East and have success? Right. Yeah, you bring one of your guys, but they don't have anybody to block. And you, you make, and that's the thing. You make all these hype. You get everybody hyped up. You're you're doing all this stuff on social media. You know, you're you're doing these videos with the camera and the microphones, and you're hyping your team up. That don't mean jack squat if you can't do it on the field. So maybe, just maybe, you need to prove yourself, and maybe you need to quit doing that stuff now because you look like a fool because you're doing all this stuff and you're losing. You you did all this hype. You brought in these high profile players, and I'm telling you, this is a big boy league, and, and I'm and it's only going to get worse. And 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 you got OU in Texas, and you look at the surroundings of these games getting canceled and rescheduled. 
it's happening sooner than we think. So all these teams that are struggling, they better get it together. They're just going to find themselves behind because not only is OU and Texas coming, who else is coming? What's I mean, if OU and Texas is coming in, say, next year, who's coming in in 25-26? Who else is going to join? What's going to happen to these super conferences? So, I mean, it ain't going to get any easier for any one of these teams, and much less what's going to happen if the Clemson-South Carolina go, game goes away and now you're playing nine conference games. You know, what happens when you're playing all SEC schools your whole season – and then you got to try to get to Atlanta, and then you got to try to make a twelve-team playoff. I mean, it's and it, you got to recruit. Yeah, how are you going to recruit guys if you're not putting a but a six and six team or five and seven team on the field every single year? That's the reality of this super conference too. Is with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, and Oklahoma, man, they look dang good under Brent Venables. I mean, they they look really good. Uh, Sark is really turning around Texas. Like, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be ready to join the Big 12. I mean, I mean, sorry, join the SEC sooner than, than later. Like, they're going to – they're they're working hard at it, man. And this conference with Arkansas on the up, Kentucky looking like a staying power, Tennessee on the way up, and then you've got Alabama and then Georgia among the, the biggest boy of the conference. Like, and then you have Texas and Oklahoma join. Dude, it's it's going to be tough for – anybody at the bottom to really make their way up. You, you've seen what Sark did to Alabama's offense when they had to change course. And and yeah. that's what makes – and I'll give Saban the credit for it. He knew he couldn't win, keep on winning national championships with guys like A.J. McCarron and, and Coker. Yeah. I mean, keeping going with the way it was trending. He knew he was going to have to get the Tua's and the Hurts and – he went and got Sark to bring it in, and he tried with Lane Kiffin, and, you know, they're leaving right there in between the bowl games, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, they ran into the, you know, the two best Clemson teams that's ever played on top of your coordinators leaving in between the regular season and bowl season. So it, it's – he is going to go get things turned around. I know it got to a shaky start down there in Texas, but, you know, it looks like – Hopefully, you know, with, with years, I don't know if they've got an a estimate on if he's out for the season. That hurt anything, you know, since his injury. And then you go to the other side in, in Venables. He built a defense for seven to ten, I think it was, you know, almost ten years at Clemson. It wasn't like he was this flash-in-the-pan offensive coordinator. This dude built an SEC-type defense in the ACC in which I've got into it so many times, and I know Dabo's a good coach. He is a good coach. But you you got to give just as much credit to your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator and what they did for Clemson and what they did to win those national championships. You wouldn't have won it without a blocked field goal or the defensive stand, goal line stand against Notre Dame. So he is a very energetic, defensive-minded coach. And he's going to get his guys. And if he's going to get the offense that he has and then combine that with the defense, they're going to be scary when they come in. You know, Arkansas has always had Texas's number, whether they win or lose. They play much better because it's more of a rivalry. It's OU that I'm worried about because they don't have that where they play often. And when, you know, I I can't even remember the last time OU and Arkansas played. Had to be, I think, the 2000. There was a bowl game. It wasn't 2000 Cotton Bowl. It might have been. 2000 Cotton Bowl was Texas. I know. I know. I know. I can't remember. I know that Arkansas played Oklahoma uh, during a bowl game uh, during the Houston Nut era. But before then, I think it was like the 79 Orange Bowl. They don't play very often. Yeah, 78 Orange Bowl. when they. Yeah, that was when they uh, had their players dismissed and still beat them. I mean, bad. So. Yeah, it's uh, somebody in the comments can remember better than I can. I do remember Arkansas playing uh, playing them in the last thirty years. Well, let's go to Winspedia. You know, we'll all that's where I always go to find oh, out. Winspedia, yeah, yeah Winspedia is great. Yeah, I I remember them playing in some bowl game. I think they lost ten to three. I just can't remember. Here we what go. It's it loading was. up. No, uh, ten to four. The last time they played. Uh, it's saying matchups, full game list. 2002. Okay. Yeah, 2002 so was, was the last game. 
In the Cotton Bowl, ten three. Yep. Okay, so it was a two thousand one season. That was the year that they uh, blocked the field goal against South Carolina and and had a rotating door of quarterbacks, I believe. Or yeah, two thousand one because I think two thousand two was Matt Jones' freshman year. So the last yeah, three times they played him in bowl games, they played two times in the Orange Bowl, and you know OU won that one forty two to eight, then Cotton Bowl um, ten three, and then the seventy eight Orange Bowl, Arkansas won thirty one six. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, well, I don't remember that, but I do remember the. Uh, Cotton Bowl loss, so yeah, yeah, that that that's a uh, rivalry that that makes sense, man, because you have so many connections between the uh, between the Hogs and the Sooners with former coaches going over there, and was it Barry Switzer uh, winning national championships over there at OU, even though he coached or played in uh, at Arkansas under Frank Broyles, and yeah, there were so many connections there through the nineties. And, and it's not as close as it was now, but, they, I mean, you're recruiting against each other. Uh, I mean, Arkansas and Oklahoma, they, it's a good regional matchup, a good regional rivalry that I look forward to uh, seeing uh, at least every two years. Well, and you think of Oklahoma State, too. It's crazy how they they have not played that much, you know, other than yeah. Texas. So, it's – and now that, you know, we're going to this – slate of conference games were probably you know it's just going to get less between the teams that you know you wanted to see play that might not ever play but yeah. moving Oklahoma forward it's on the schedule what's that uh, Oklahoma State's on the schedule and I think 2025 or 2026 we'll see if that holds <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. really you, you you don't know you don't know what's going to happen because like I said OU was supposed to play Georgia and Tennessee and they told them to get rid of that game. And also, before we hit a break, we, we found out in 2023 that OU, or Arkansas and Tennessee will be playing at Baumwalker Stadium in baseball. So, um, get ready. That, that, that's going to be a huge series. That's going to be one we've been waiting on, and I think it needs to be an every-year deal, it, especially in this sport. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready. Exactly. But we're going to hit a quick break. After the break, we'll continue to talk about upcoming schedule, what's going on, and we're going to do some highlights over the volleyball, soccer dropping their SEC opener, and then I had a chance to go by and watch some of the softball, their Razorbacks Unlimited scrimmage, and I'll give you some insight of what I've seen on this incoming freshman class. And I'll tell you right, I'll give you a little teaser. They are legit, and they are everything as advertised but we will be right back after the break. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grindit Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated. So call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. If you want the best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri for all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. Corey is in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical, plumbing, and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chyneman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at andersonp.com. Again, that is 
McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-932-5121. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the, only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast and thank you to all of our sponsors who make all of this possible. And Jacob, now we can kind of finally uh, uh, move on past this uh, this this win and and move on down to the Southwest Classic and uh, a game that can't be held lightly. I mean, we can't. I mean, even though we've we played horrible against Missouri State and they had an off game the week before, this is a passing team. You know, somebody's on the hot seat down there in College Station. And as long as they uh, keep their little Yale boys, you know, in, in check, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, they're going to be taking this game lightly and they're going to be coming into, you know, Arlington with something to prove. And that's always, especially with how Arkansas is, you, you don't know which team, just like the Cincinnati game, both teams are coming in with something to prove which one is going to want it more. Yeah, and – and A&M, they are coming fresh off a victory at home over Miami, a, a pretty good uh, Miami team. I mean, uh, I, I guess they were a little overrated. I don't know. They lost 17-9 to to Texas A&M. But, man, you've got a new quarterback that you're preparing for in Max Johnson. Uh, I guess if things don't go well with Max Johnson, they'll go back to Haynes King or they'll go to the five-star quarterback that they have sitting on the bench right now. Uh, that's a true freshman. Uh, I think if you stop uh, the little A-chain running back who's – just a pretty pesky monster. Uh, if, if Arkansas can keep him in check, that's their offense, man. Outside of that, I mean, they don't have any good wide receivers besides Denai Smith, and he's in and out of the doghouse. Uh, you've got uh, you've got several guys that could be missing the first quarter or first half of the ball game this uh, Saturday because of uh, the targeting penalty, unless it's uh, unless it's uh, uh, the call is reversed there, and they'll allow him to allow both of them to play in the first half against Arkansas, and not have to miss any time. So, so A and M is going to be tough. I mean, obviously they're they're one of the better defenses in college football. They keep everything in front of them, and and are, are op opportunistic. But man, they just do not have an offense. And and you said it last week, Jimbo Fisher is a fraud, especially with offense with offensive play calling, because outside of Jameis Winston, he hasn't had a quarterback. Uh, the guy doesn't – I mean, he, he if he doesn't have a quarterback that's just uh, a freak of nature, a, a generational type of talent like Jameis, he's he's basically just an average coach, just a Ed Orgeron with uh, with a high-dollar tag. Well, and, and this, this is what's going to give me hope is you, you look at what Miami – this is kind of counteractive of the score. It just seemed like Miami just couldn't score. Van Dyke went 21 of 41, 217 yards passing, didn't have a touchdown, QBR 57. But they had 175 yards rushing against AM. Yeah. The, their leading rusher, Parrish, had 85 yards. And that's, again, that's crazy. You had a guy, 16 carries, 85 yards, 14 carries, 77 yards. It's just like they could not, without seeing the game, I didn't even watch a lick of this game. I didn't either. But it just seems like they couldn't get either. If you look at the turnover margin, I'm trying to see where they were on turnovers, but it's they had one turnover, a fumble loss, and that was it. He didn't throw any interceptions, so they only had one turnover in the fumble. So it just seems like Texas A&M did what they could to keep him out of the end zone or they just had some miscues or, or, or what. But 
that actually, you know, when you when you look at the preparation coming into this game, that Arkansas is going to be ready. Is Texas A&M? You, you know, you see, still you won't see them be ill prepared again. Yeah, no, I, no. I mean, I hope not. I mean, that's the thing. This and, and this is where I, I always get on my little soapbox when I'm talking about the the fans. You know, damn it, the fans deserve another nine ten win season. They deserve the, the the crap to stop to where you're going backwards. They, the the fans and the team and the coaches, everybody in, in in the state of Arkansas that follows this athletic program, they're 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 done with that past era. Y'all deserve to win ten games. Y'all deserve to go to the college football playoff. They deserve to keep things going. They deserve to beat Alabama next week. I mean, that's what this program has done is to keep building and keep getting those monkeys off your back and keep winning, you know, 9, 10, 11 wins. Yeah, you might drop and win eight games. But that's what – I guess when I was watching the game and just seeing it, it was like – it was almost like watching the, the stoner fumble or the missed opportunity against Oregon State when they missed the pop fly. I mean, it just – it gave me that sadness of – for the fan base and for the program that has worked so hard to build, because I'm telling you right now, I mean, it would be hard to to talk tonight, and and it'd be hard to get up for the Texas A&M game next week knowing they lost this game. It would be hard as a fan to go through what they went through to lose the game and then go back and get in that seat, go down to Jerry World. I mean, it would be hard because, like you were saying, when you went off in your PTSD, but you shared the same sentiment that thousands and thousands of Razorback fans felt in that moment. I'm not even a true diehard fan. I don't consider myself. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a true fan, but four years of doing this and sitting behind the mic and covering these teams – and covering the women's side of the program, you get attached to the teams and the programs and the coaches. And, of course, with you and Kyle and, and Kevin and Corey, all the fans that were around and we get to be around, you you feel for them. And I felt for every single person, and I felt like I would have been the biggest Hog fan for the past 30 years when I seen them go back up by 10, and I was like, I just I can't. Because and, and, it would have been, I'm telling you, it would have been hard to come on here tonight and talk just because of I would have felt for everybody, you know, that had to wake up today and sat there of all the joy that y'all have been through these past couple of years. And this goes from the top down. You know, Hunter, your check all the way down, the coaching staff, the players, and the fans. That's how devastating I think this that game would have went if they would have lost yesterday. It would have unraveled every single thing that they have, they have gone to. I mean – you, you unraveled the great recruiting classes. You unraveled the New Year's Day Bowl. You unraveled these these great starts and this foundation that Sam Pittman has built. But Hunter Juracek put, uh, tweeted out something yesterday that culture wins out. And if Arkansas, like we mentioned earlier, if Arkansas didn't have this culture that they have under Sam Pittman, they have, would not have won this game at all. And they probably would have folded like a – uh, 1970s lawn chair. I mean, it like you you would have folded, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it wasn't going to look good. That's I mean, the you, perfect analogy because you had to click it forward before you could lean it all the way yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've sat in one in before and I went completely on my pillow right on my butt. Yeah. but you know it 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 would have sucked. Mm-hmm. But you look at it going towards this week, and Sam Pittman's fifteen and 11, sixteen and eleven or fifteen and eleven through his first twenty six yet. 15-11 through his first 26 games as the head coach at Arkansas. And for the first 25 games, Arkansas never looked underprepared. They never looked less coached than the opponent across the field, whether it was a loss or a win. You felt like Arkansas was in every single game that they played in over the past two years. And then last night would have unraveled everything, and you're just thinking, why do we have to relive this again? I was thinking, like, please don't tell me God that I have to sit in, on my couch and watch these games or in the stands and watch these games and have to think maybe Arkansas is not back. Yeah. Maybe Arkansas, maybe Arkansas is the fraud. That's what I was thinking about the whole time. Well, and, and I, was and, my father-in-law, I was looking at my father-in-law and I'm thinking, 
how is this even happening? And I wouldn't go as far as saying frauds. And I, I kind of want to clarify, yeah. you know, what I mean yeah. by what I say when right. how I felt for this fan base. I'm not saying the rest of the season would be done because, one, yeah. it's it's a non-conference opponent. Yes, that would have been horrible, but in 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 – you could get yourself out of that hole, win out, and and still be good when it comes to now you wouldn't get – even if you won out, you probably wouldn't make the, the final four. But I'm just saying in the grand scheme of how just – just in the last night how I would have felt today. I'm not sitting here saying that, well, there goes the rest of the season. But, I mean, it would have been tough to sit there – and and they could very easily, you know, when you win next week, now you're back on track. You got Bama coming in and all that stuff. But I, I just wanted to clarify uh, of not yeah. letting people think that well, if they had lost last night, then well, there goes the season because that's not true. I mean, you still can win a lot of games and have a respectable season, but that would have made it very tough to to sit there and and. You're talking about anytime something happens, you're, you you get that PTSD, or or anytime something just comes to your mind that that could have added onto that, and it you know, yeah. and the national media who's fell in love with Pittman, all the national media and everybody who's come to Fayetteville and SEC Nation, and you're thinking about game day coming for, to the Bama game if you beat A and M, and you and Bama's undefeated coming in, all of that was like lost, and then guess what? The national media goes away. It's almost like they're crowding around you, and then you lose, and then they just turn their max on you. And, right. Well, we'll just go cover the other teams. Yeah, two, uh, maybe one or two things here. Uh, I watched a video that I saw uh, on Brandon Marcello's uh, Twitter last night, and it was really cool seeing the respect between Sam Pittman and Bobby Petrino and the absolute joy that Petrino had coming back to Fayetteville and re- and seeing the things that have, have become of this Arkansas program after his uh, departure as head coach. And at, after the game at midfield, they went to shake hands. And Bobby Petrino, with full respect for Sam Bittman and the, the program that he has built at Arkansas, he says, go get it all, man. Yep. You know what? That fired me <laughs> up, and I called my father-in-law, and I said, boy – 15-0 national championship. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. We're going to we're going to the college football playoff, baby. I don't I don't it, it's all fun and games. Yeah. It's all fun and games. Well but Petrino and- but Petrino knows. And he knows when you when you see a good team. And Arkansas is a dang good football team. And I'll let you go. Well, I was just saying, you know, him getting to see his former players, you know, and and, and yeah. the the emotions. Look, here here's the thing and and for him to be able to walk into this stadium, 76,000 with neck braces on and all the jokes and the bikes and the blonde chicks and everything this dude has led up for the week, you know what, for him to endure that, whether he deserved it or not, you can't give him nothing but props for walking into this stadium and putting on a performance like he did. And in that fourth down call where he pulled that play and everybody was like, that's a trick play. But everybody who really knew him was like, no, that's Bobby Petrino. You can't do nothing but clap and tip your cap to the guy. You know, and another thing, it's been 10 years. You know, like I'm a totally different person now than I was 10 years ago. You know, and that's the thing. People who have, and, and I think just because it's the first time they've had to meet each other, it's it's been that way. So now that... Petrino's come, everything's done. We can just put that to bed. You know, we, we, we can get over that part of our fandom when it comes to, to the, its closure. Yeah. But it's just the fact that he come in and did what he did. The quarterback had the game of his life and almost pulled off one of the biggest upsets. Would have been the biggest upset for Missouri State. I know that. But you can't do nothing but applaud the guy. And for him to sit there – even after all those emotions, we're talking about the emotions of the Arkansas fans, the emotions of he almost had Arkansas and it slipped out. Then you've got to go through seeing your old players relive everything, sit in that press room and answer the questions, and then everything kind of sinks in. I mean, I almost feel for the guy because, like I said, we're not the same people. It's been 10 years, but like I told you last week, 
I don't put none of it on Bobby. I mean, yeah, he did what he did, but they knew what they were doing when they signed him. They knew what they were doing when they gave him that contract. He left the Atlanta Falcons in the middle of the night, so it is what it is. Now we can kind of yeah. tuck it into bed and we can move on. That's almost the last thing of horror, I think, that, you know, I guess until Brett Bielema comes back, we're not ever going to have to worry about John L. Smith or Chad Morris getting a head coaching job. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's just that – you're talking about the, the, the miseries and those, those things you see in the haunted houses, and that's that last picture, I think, that now we can finally move on and move on to Texas A&M and just – I think you won't see any more neck brace jokes if they play Missouri State again. Yeah. No. En- enough with the jokes, though. Uh, we, we finally got to relive it and, and, and put a close to a chapter of a decade of misery. And I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I still go back and watch videos of the good times back in the day. I still do. And, and thinking about, man, what could have happened in 2012? Now I'm putting that to rest because I don't have to think about that anymore. By the Vitrino came in and almost whipped her butts. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, and now, you know, you finally can put that to close and say, all right, it's time to go for the rest of the schedule. It's time to go. And, and finish off A&M, beat uh, Alabama for the first time in six, uh, 17 years, and, and go chase an SEC dream. The, the game that we were looking most forward to, to see Petrino uh, come back to Fable, it's done. Now it's time to get back on as a fan, uh, put our goggles back on, concentrate one game at a time. But then as players – they 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 know what they have to do, and it's it's time to uh, reel the reel the emotions back in and go out there and prepare for A&M, and and hopefully if you beat them, you have like the atmosphere of atmospheres in Fayetteville against Alabama, and you go out there and you upset them. Yeah, and that that would be the perfect start to this season. And, and we I look at Texas A&M's bounce back right now. You know, we look at Texas A&M's bounce back, even though it was against it wasn't against Bama, but. It was against Miami team. I mean, Arkansas had a bad game. Now they know they could bounce back. And if they do beat Texas A&M, they know that, you know, I know Alabama had a, a easy game, I think 163-7 or something like that. You know, some – It was Monroe. Yeah. Come on. But, well, we can't can we really say that this week. <laughs> we can't really say that this week because, we, come on, it was Missouri State, you know. But, but no, I mean, there's that's the thing. That's the beauty of college football, and I think – what this transfer portal and this NIL stuff has done, it's gave teams a chance. They're not, like you said, what, 20 players. It wasn't just like they got one star quarterback. They got 20-something players from a, a FBS program. So, I mean, it's happening all the way around. But i tell you what, before we go, I, I really want to spend the last 10 minutes or so. We got a new program on the rise at University of Arkansas and – you know, we've seen the rise of Courtney Diefel in the softball program, Mike Neighbors in the basketball program, Colby Hale, what he's done with the soccer program. We've known what Harder's done with the track and field program, Jordan Weber with the gymnastics. But I'm telling you what, if you have not been in Barnhill and watched this volleyball team play, they're 9-1 on the year with two top 10 ranked wins. Now, not a fluke one win. They've won two straight top 10 wins against Washington, and the last one was against number seven, Georgia Tech. And I'm telling you, when when Georgia Tech come in, they had two players that played on national teams for volleyball and like the, the Olympics. So, I mean, this wasn't a, a slouch team that they won against, and, and it wasn't a grind them out in five sets. They beat them in four sets, three to one. And then the following night, on top of that, you got to go off a Super Bowl win and then play NC State and win that one three to one. Prior to those two games, they were on a six sweep match set, which broke their record back in 02, 01 or 02. I'm telling you, this is the next program up, and I'm writing an article about it tonight. It will be up tomorrow. But what Coach Watson and this team, another team that has come from five years of of just being at the bottom to slowly rising to the top, getting ranked for the first time at number 24 since Coach Watson's been here. I'm telling you, you, you need to go watch these teams play. 
I mean, you need to go. I went by, watched the softball team and their Razorbacks Unlimited today. This freshman class that's in for the softball is legit. You, you've got a set of twins, one plays third, one pitches, and the pitcher has this nasty off-speed curve that was just breaking right at the last moment. You had the one, the, the player of the year from Colorado. You got the player of the year from New York. Uh, this team, when, when Courtney Dyfel, and I said this earlier, when this team gets all the pieces together and she gets everybody where they're, they're going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be another program on the rise. So, I mean, it, it was it was really good to be able to go watch the volleyball team. I got to go watch them against Colorado, and, and they swept. It was last Sunday. And I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome <clears throat> to see another women's program starting to do really good, get ranked. And I think this was the first time – I don't – I can't remember that all fall teams were ranked. Not, not that That's they were great. doing good. So, I mean – the University of Arkansas, I mean, I know it's been put out there a couple times, and, and people at Texas want to sit there and clap back with they've won the Challengers Cup or whatever. That's cool. But honestly, to goodness, you cannot sit here and tell me that there's not another exciting, better program than the University of Arkansas. You can't. I don't care what, you you know, better rankings, you can have your stupid trophy or whatever. You cannot tell me with the fans, the fan base, the coaches, the coaching staff is – and the players and the recruiting, there's no other athletic program in the nation overall to me that can come close to being comparable to the University of Arkansas right now. Not right now, man. Arkansas is on fire. I mean, up and down. And I don't I don't know if I can add anything to what you just said, but this I mean, we were talking about it in the spring, I remember, and it was we were talking about how special of a time it is to be a Razorback fan. And now here we are in the middle of fall. Fall starts Friday, but the middle of the fall session of school, and still talking about how great they look, yeah, like how how competitive they are, and this time all every single every single program is in the top twenty five. That to me is unbelievable, but now it's not unbelievable because it actually is happening. And now Rick Schaefer would actually appreciate that because I'm sure he thought it might be unbelievable, and now it's believable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we're you know we've talked about it a few times that there's there's not been a time that you could compare it until the seventies. I mean, that's just if you want to talk yeah. about the big three, you know, with the baseball, basketball, and football. But there's never been a time that all these programs have been successful as they have. You you look no. at the soccer back to back to back SEC championships, and I know they dropped their opener to Mississippi State. They dropped their first game to St. Louis, but. You know, they're getting renovations. They're talking about renovating and getting new softball facilities. They're getting new soccer facilities. They're, they're doing – Hunter Yurtek's doing things. Not And he's not just out there giving coaches bonuses. He's out there, what do you need as a team? What does your team need? What's your staff need? What kind of, you know, equipment do you need? He's doing everything possible to give this program and give every one of these athletic – these players the stuff they need. And it's going to be exciting. I I tell, like, the four years that I've covered these programs, it makes me that much more excited to see where these teams are, like this recruiting class that comes in. I'm already excited to see where they're going to be when they're seniors because I had the privilege of this year with uh, the women's basketball. I've watched Michaela Daniels play her first, very first game as a Razorback, and I'm going to be there to watch her very last one at four years later. That will actually be my first class. That that just tells you how long that we've done this. You know, it, it's it's crazy. I didn't realize. Yes, it feels like Michaela should be like a freshman still. Yeah, I don't feel like it's been that long. And that's with a COVID year. Doing this. That is with yeah. a COVID year. This you know, and that's just the thing that's really cool. And and I got to yeah. go by practice, and and I'm going to go to the their camp starts at the I think the 28th of September. So. I mean, it's going to start getting really busy for me with, you know, football and all the women's programs kicking off. But I'm telling you, it's a fun time to be a Razorback fan. It's a fun time to get to cover these programs that I'm fortunate to be able to cover. And, you know, just being able to go watch my first soccer game and, and cover it, go to my first volleyball game. I'm into the soccer practices, been to the softball practices. So, it, it's just it, – it's been a big blessing where we've came in four years, 
and where my personal journey, what I've always wanted to do. I mean, I've been a fan of this this game since 96. I mean, you see the basketball behind me. The, the UConn Huskies in 96 was where it all started for me on the women's side of things. So um, it puts it in perspective that, you know, Sue Bird, you know, she's retiring for the WNBA. You look at Vanderbilt, the head coach was my favorite UConn player of all time, Shea Rath. I mean, that's just one of them things that she was my favorite player. But, yeah. I know I went went over on that part of it, but it's just it's very exciting knowing that every sport is good and knowing that every time you go to an event at the University of Arkansas, they have a chance to win. They have a chance to be very, very good. Yeah, and Arkansas goes and plays the hated Aggies this week. Uh, I want to be a, a fly in the stadium, see what they'll say in the yo practice <laughs> about the Razorbacks. If you think uh, – if you think uh, Appalachian has a bunch of uh, mountain rednecks just waiting till you play the Hogs, well, and they did it so again against Miami. You know, like I know they won, but it's almost like didn't you embarrass yourself enough? Like it, it's almost like I said that that if you would have still been standing there in the third, fourth quarter, like with the neck brace on, like okay, hold on, you know we're losing, put it up. You know, it's the same kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. They, they, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, really watching the video, and it, it, it was cringeworthy. It's, it's like watching an hour of dad jokes, but they're not funny. Like, the, it's, it's, it's trash. It's not even like the, where they sit there and say dad jokes back and forth to each other, and, and they're funny. It is like watching an hour of a Leave it to Beaver television show, and they just they try to spin it as a comedy. I mean, it's just like, okay, give me the Grace TV screen again and turn it to Channel 3. I mean, it was just it, – it's that bad of the level of jokes and the hiking your leg. And what's even worse is they had freaking Stan's Field. Like, how many people go to this? Is there nothing going on in College Station that you go and you're that much of a traditionalist that you go sit through an hour of that – I mean, at midnight? That's it's ridiculous. It's a cult, yeah. dude. Then you not got any Chick Fil A's open at midnight or something? I mean, geez, Louise. <laughs> I mean, something. I mean, Denny's Waffle House. House yeah, IHOP. But, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but we okay. So I we we forgot to do this um, last week. But Wednesday, we're gonna have our girl from the Pig Trail Nation, Alyssa Orange, on. We're gonna go over the Texas A and M game, Southwest Classic. But the, the big news that we wanted to announce, and we'll put out a social media post here after the show, but for Alabama week, we're going to have Mr. Bacon Bits, Mr. Jermaine Funnyman Johnson. I've followed him since 2015 on his YouTube channel. I think he's just now kind of getting, getting popular with the fan base because last year he's high on the hogs, and I think he called him a honey ham hog the this year but you know he called them bacon bits for the longest time and he said if they won a bowl game or got to nine and three but he'll be our guest next wednesday as we go over the alabama game coming up so two huge guests coming up the next couple of wednesdays with Alyssa and jermaine so i'm really looking forward to that one because back when the clemson alabama championship series was going on that's when i really got into watching his videos and Outside the SEC shorts, it's my favorite one that I really like watching on on a on a Sunday morning. Every week, I'm not Every even gonna week. I'm not even gonna lie. I like the SEC shorts, and then on on Sunday morning, I cannot wait. And sometimes it goes till Monday, but I can't wait to see what kind of videos he puts out. Oh yeah, it's uh, gonna be it's an exciting time to be a Hog Talk podcast member reporter. That's right, man. We're 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 growing, man. Well, Jacob, yeah, it's been a good show, guys. That's right, and for that, that will do it. Again, thanks to all of our sponsors, especially Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas, for being the sponsor of all of our live shows. Of course, our people at Bed Online, and that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We will catch you on Wednesday. Go Hogs. All right. I'd say that was pretty solid. That was very – dude, I'm telling you, 15 minutes in, I was like, uh-oh, because I didn't know what direction we were going. Like, we had talked about the game, and I was like yeah. – I, well, I was starting to hit a lull of, uh-oh, 
So, but no, we had some good interaction, but yeah. Um, I will let you know. I think on the next Wednesday, it's I've got it set on my calendar. Let me look and see what time. Because okay. um, he's in the Eastern time zone, so. Oh, yeah. I think I had it set for seven because he couldn't go any past okay. eight. So, um, okay. I'll try to be on. Is that ne- that's next Wednesday? That's I'll the twenty eighth. Not make it at seven. I get off at. Okay, I get off at. Okay, so he can't go past eight. So well, no, I mean that's what time, time we're right? starting. Yeah. Seven his time. Yeah, no seven our time. Okay. Because okay. if it was seven his time, it'd be six. Okay. 